Well, I mean, the data on Pokemon Go alone blew me away. Okay. Really, it did. Uh-huh. A week after it launched, it had more users than Twitter. Pokemon Go. You've probably heard of it, and it's probably impacted your life in one way or another. Might be good, might be bad. That voice you heard there was Kelly Davis. She's the director of research at Snow Sports Industries of America. In today's episode, she's going to be telling us all about augmented reality, Pokemon Go, and how this technology that we know so little about will impact our lives so much. You're listening to the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. It's Mountain Meister. I'm your host, Ben Shank. Mountain Meister is supported by the American Alpine Club. Gain access to digital resources, grants, and a full archive of publications. The AAC library is like a Pokedex for climbers. Join today at AmericanAlpineClub.org. Feed your climbing passion and use the code MEISTER at checkout for a free AAC gift. Um, how, does that, how does that happen? You know, what, 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 was, what is this phenomenon? That's Kelly Davis. She's the director of research at SIA, Snow Sports Industries America. It's the trade association that represents suppliers of consumer snow sports. Over the next half hour, we're talking about augmented reality, what the opportunities are, what the business implications are, and what's worrisome about this rapidly evolving movement. So I started really questioning, like, where, where has this been? Why does there seem to be such a huge demand for this funny kids' game, Pokemon? Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember watching my my young nephews and nieces trading Pokemon chips, for God's sake, mm-hmm. it's, and, and cards, and going through that whole phase. And that seemed like, you know, it, it, it made me feel old. I'm like, holy shit, that was like yesterday. <laughs> but did it you, wasn't. Did it's, you a, do it? it's a generation ago. No. Oh, absolutely not. I was watching Scooby Doo when I was a kid. But did you download Pokemon Go? I did. Of course I did. I had to. <laughs> I mean, what do you think? It's well, it's interesting. I mean, virtual reality basically is um, something virtual overlaid on the actual landscape. So that's kind of what I expected to see. I mean, I I downloaded Pokemon Go and I opened it up and I looked through. You know, I pointed the camera on my phone and sure enough, you know, there's a little cartoon monster in my kitchen. <laughs> Look at that. So that's what you do and you catch them. All right. I get it. But I started to think about augmented reality and, and what it could actually do um, considering just the huge explosion of demand for something like Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. And this got a whole bunch of people outside that hadn't been outside in a while. There, you know, there are all kinds of comics of you know dogs, big fat dogs laying on their back. Going, oh my God! Quit chasing the stupid Pokemon! <laughs> <laughs> and kids everywhere had sore legs and sunburns. It was crazy. So I mean, is is this just is this a matter of of pent up demand to just be a human being and be outdoors, or is it or is it something more? And you know, frankly, I thought this this may happen, but I thought what it would take would be more sophisticated smart eyewear. Mm. Right? When Google Glass came along and you could you basically, you know, you're getting a, a, a heads-up display of what's going on um, online and, and in that world and not having to look at a screen, um, you're basically just looking at the world. I thought that's what would what would really trigger something like augmented mm. reality. I mean, you can imagine all the possible um, things that you could do with this type of technology. Everything from, let's say, you know, you want to go for a nature walk and you have it, 
And when you look at a tree or you look at a bird or you look at a, um, some creature in the forest, you actually get uh, some kind of a wiki on what it is that you're mm-hmm. looking at. I mean, it could have amazing utility when it comes to things like, you know, um, logistics, for example, and it is being used in professional fields like that, where somebody can look at a package and basically you get an um, augmented reality version over la- that landscape saying where the package is going and getting the vital information about something like that. It, but, seems, like, it seems like this, what you're talking about right now, looking mm-hmm. at it through the glasses, would be so much more socially accepted than looking at this stuff through the phone. Yet, yeah. yet the phone has been what has uh, has been adopted so rapidly over the glasses. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it, not necessarily over the glass. How many people have smart glasses? At not this many. Point? Yeah, it's it's you know, it's it, that's they haven't really done a good job of of developing that into four-stage technology. Is have that they? what it is? They haven't done a good job of developing it or is it something about our image of ourselves? Um, I, I, that would be a really interesting social science question to ask, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, psycho- psychologically, I don't, you know, when people, when I go to the grocery store and I see VR sets for sale, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, you're, you're just loading up your face at that point. Right, you're completely right. cutting yourself off. Um, you know, is it, is it the technology? Is it, is it something about just staring at a screen? Mm-hmm. Um, possibly we could have some doubts about who we are. And possibly, you know, the, the our obsession with with being connected and being online could impact that. But you know, how how awesome do you look running around staring at your screen? I mean, my God, when you're outside, and and we've all seen this. The first time I saw it, I came home on July 9th. It's like three days after Pokemon launched, and I see my neighbor. Right, who's you know he's he's awesome. He's a former snowboard sponsored snowboarder, go figure in Maryland, <laughs> and he, he's about thirty three years old and he's wandering in my, around my yard staring at his phone. And I pull up, I'm like, what is going on? And I get out of the car, I'm like, hey Chris, man, what's up? What are you doing? <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm I'm just being a geek. I'm I'm playing Pokemon. Like what are you talking about? And he seriously was literally just wandering around my front yard oh my with his phone in his face, and I had I had no idea what was going on. So you know, would it would it be helpful to have eyewear to do that? Yeah, it'd be awesome. Think about that. How cool that would be compared to staring at a screen, and you probably look a little bit better too. But I mean, when I think about what what we have coming. And the possibilities for eyewear, and and you know, I looked to make sure that I I wasn't dreaming when I when I said that that in snow sports we've got a couple of sets of smart goggles out there. Mm. That what what they've done is you know you're on slope and you're looking down the mountain and you're getting a heads up display of of everything from and you, you can choose you know you can get your speed you can get your vertical drop you can get you know time in the air you can get all of those things in a heads up display or you can switch it. And you can look at and find your friends basically using augmented reality on a uh, overlaid on a on a map of the ski area. I mean, those are Snow it's Recon two goggles. That's amazing, right? And what if you could use those same goggles to have an augment, augmented reality training program of some kind? Mm. Or let's say we're going to be kids. And I'm going to wear those those goggles. I have smart goggles on. And I'm going to be in the park, and every time I, I, I get some air, I, I grab some coins 
right? How cool would that be? Super like, Mario Brothers on the ski slopes. Uh, and you're, you actually physically get to be Mario. Mm-hmm. That's pretty wild. I, I want to create an app called Find the Yeti, <laughs> where basically you just chase Yetis around the ski area. I think that'd be fun. I mean, you could do that on a, on a sledding hill, for God's sake. So you could do that in your backyard. And, I mean, there are all kinds of things that could be really fun about augmented reality. And there's some, some really great things that could be um, helpful in our, in our professional lives and, you know, really in our educational lives as well. It has completely changed the way that people are experiencing the outdoors and more so in the future. Where are we would you say on the timeline right now of oh we're ba- we are just born uh-huh. <laughs> we were born yesterday actually forgive the pun yeah we're just at the beginning mm-hmm. this is just this is just the very very beginning and Pokemon Go was really just the very very beginning of of um, augmented reality in our daily lives yeah and yep. there is a business model behind it a lot of people say that. Uh, what is this? Just people walking around. They're not paying for anything unless they're super nerds and buy the extras. <laughs> but you heard the National Parks Director, John Jarvis, get involved, say, yes, do do Pokemon Go. Be be careful, but go, go find right. Pokemon in our parks. Imagine how much traffic they would get if they could get a rare Pokemon placed in, in one of their uh, less visited national parks. Yeah, I was, I was reading in Forbes magazine, they were recommending that retailers and particularly restaurants, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. There was one pizza restaurant that had increased its business 75% simply by putting a lure up by a Pokestop and saying everybody that was level five or greater get 10, got 10% off. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, that was pretty amazing. And you know, when I was thinking just about, about specialty retail, even in snow sports, you know, it's worth the 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. To put something like that up, and you know, granted, you know, you've got a lot of people that are they're coming in and just wandering around looking for Pokemon, but you know, you still you're getting people into your retail establishment no matter what you know you, the reason you're getting them in there. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, you're you're bringing a customer in who otherwise would not have been a customer. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty amazing thing. And when you think about what virtual reality can mean to brands who are trying to market to a specific target group. Um, placement in, in games like this is going to be critical in the, in the coming years. Coming up on Mountain Meister. Is this the fast food for the brain? It, I guess for some people, yeah. It, it could be... Mountain Meister is supported by Steo, who makes technical, high-quality, and versatile mountain apparel. I sat down and had a really interesting conversation with Steo's founder, Steve Sullivan. Before Steo, Steve founded Cloudvale. You may have heard of them. I took a little time um, after leaving that company and decided to do, do it differently. Specifically, rather than going through wholesale channels like he did with Cloudvale, Steo uses a direct-to-consumer business model. Meaning that we have a much you know, more direct connection with our consumers than when you're in the wholesale channel. And one of the greatest things about it is you put a product out on the market and you immediately find out if that product has legs. So unlike the long lag with the wholesale channel where you go from design and development to a sales meeting to then trying to sell into the retail stores and then another nine months until the retail stores have either sold it or not, 
we put a product on the market and we find out within about 30 days whether that product is going to have some modicum of success or it's going to have great success. And then we build upon those product platforms. Absolutely. And another advantage of going direct to consumer is the cost savings for the business. What would a uh, comparable quality piece, how much more expensive would it be if you are to go through the retailer? Well, you know, there, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of costs to running a direct consumer business, Interesting. mainly because you have to forecast your inventory. Mm-hmm. You don't have the advantage of, of purchase orders sitting in your lap so that you know what sold for the season. Um, I would say that the average cost would be 25% higher if we were in the wholesale channel. The interesting thing, what it allows us to do is use textiles higher quality textiles in some of our products that I may not have used in my previous company. So if a jacket is going to be $400 from us, that jacket would have been about $500 going out to the wholesale channel. We're able to, you know, value engineer more value into the, into the product by using a higher quality textile. It's not 50% or anything, but it's about 20 to 25% higher. Well, and then you add on the, the 20% off with the code MEISTER at checkout, then all of a sudden you're getting close to 50%. Right, exactly. To hear my full interview with Steve, head over to our website, mtnmeister.com. And as you heard there, 20% off STIO. That's S-T-I-O.com. Use the code MEISTER at checkout. All right, now back to our interview with Kelly Davis. What do you say to the people who who say, why can't we just enjoy skiing for skiing? Why do we, yeah. need, why do we need all this extra stuff? Um, you know, I get it. And to a certain extent, yeah, I'm a purist too. I like it. There are people that don't, that are, are still really mad that we, that helmet companies incorporated audio in helmets. Mm-hmm. You know, there's they, there are a, a substantial number of people that think that that kind of distraction is is downright dangerous is on it? the ski slopes. Um, you know, it may be, but there's never been a correlation between you know use of of things like audio devices mm-hmm. and and um, accidents or injuries. Yeah. So that you know, without that data, there's no way for anybody to to actually say yes, this is causing um, distractions that are dangerous on the slope. Would virtual reality or or actually, sorry, augmented reality be dangerous on a ski slope? Maybe. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need to be distracted when you're flying downhill, you know, going right. about 30 miles an hour, <laughs> and you're around other people that are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there may be ways to make it a, a, a bit safer. And, you know, to the detractors, I say, hey, you know, it's coming. It's going to happen. So, you know, you can you can try and resist what's coming. You can try and resist the future. But chances are really good that you're not going to do a darn thing to mm-hmm. stem this tide. So that's kind of, that's your outlook here is that let's let's accept what's coming and do our best to uh, do it responsibly. Yeah, I think that's exactly my stance. And I think if if you can catch you know something like this, a wave from the very beginning, mm-hmm. and and accept it and and figure out how you can how you can best use it in your world. Um, you're ahead of the game. And that, and frankly, for me, that's what market research is all about. Mm-hmm. You know, identifying how to get you know, the people that, that listen to me and uh, use my data 
to grab onto the front of a trend and, and really just make the most out of it. And snow sports is really fun. It's, a, you know, it's something outdoors. And if we can get more people involved in snow sports because they're playing a game, mm-hmm. I'm all for that. You know, if, they, if people want to come and, and, and hang around on a, on a bunny slope, basically, you know, on a beginner slope and, and run around chasing things, I'm all for that. Yeah. I'm completely for that. It almost seems to me like the, uh, the infatuation is exploratory in some sense. Like you, you find a different landscape and you want to explore that different landscape. And that's almost the same thing as all, all these people who romanticize the historical explorers, right? Like yeah. that's, what they were, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to explore a new landscape. <laughs> yeah, I think it's we're all pioneers now. You know? right. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a really cool part about about you know emerging technologies is that we all get to be pioneers in our own way. And you know, right now this is this is a, the wild west of augmented reality. You know, there are developers all over the place imagining these things right now. Uh-huh. So yeah, it'll it'll be fun to watch, and it'll be fun to you know it, it's going to be fun to use. Everybody's going to find a, a way to use this and that that fits, you know, what they're into. I mean, if you, if you, like I said, if you take a nature walk, and you can turn something on. Let's say you've got the eyewear, and you can turn something on, and you can say, you know, um, what kind of tree is that? And you know, up pops the information mm-hmm. in your in your little, you know, your you're basically your heads up display for lack of a better term. That's pretty cool stuff. You know, there, there are all kinds of ways that, that, um, people that think that playing games outdoors and being distracted when they're, when they're outside is bad. Um, will find that it actually adds something to their experience or could add something to their experience outdoors. Mm-hmm. So as you know, as a uh, forecaster and an, and an analyst of data, if you are, right too early you're basically wrong so (laughs) how long is all of this stuff going to take do you have any time bound predictions i think you know and i'm gonna say three years from now all of us will be using some form of augmented reality and and in fact you know a lot of us a lot of us are Mm -hmm. in ways that that we we don't even know i mean take yelp you can overlay you know the Mm -hmm. uh, yelp map on on your landscape and get something like that but i'm talking about um, something a little bit more sophisticated, something like Pokemon Go. Uh, I'd say three years from now, there will be hundreds of games that are augmented reality-based. And there will be other applications all over the place that will just start to set, kind of take it for granted. Mm-hmm. And I think there will come a day, you know, there will come a day when we look back at, at wandering around staring at a screen, um, very, very funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're going, there's, there will be a, a time in my lifetime and in your lifetime when we look back on the idea that we're carrying around a little screen, just ludicrous. Mm-hmm. What what would you say to the listeners who are so turned off by augmented reality? Well, you you know it's a, you don't have to use it if you don't want to. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can you can not do something, of uh-huh. course. Um, are you going to stop other people from doing it? Probably not. Uh-huh. You know if if it's and 
I, I get that it can be a little bit annoying to see people wandering around staring at their screen um, and wandering out into traffic and wandering into things that maybe they shouldn't be in or whatever that whatever form that might take. I, I get how frustrating that might be. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. But the question is, what is the opportunity cost of that? Right. What do, what do we miss by now probably taking 50% of our brain power and devoting it to something else during this activity. <laughs> well, yeah. you're probably going to miss about 50% of, of the experience. Well, uh-huh. yeah, it's, it does, you know, I would say that, um, yeah, you know, there, I, I trail run, um, to a certain extent, I'm a purist. I like to be out there and just, you know, no headphones, no nothing, just, mm-hmm. just running because, you know, you sort of feel like you become part of the environment, but, you know, that's a personal choice. And I think that, you know, if you choose to, to give up some of that to, to play a game while you're doing it, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think that there will be, uh, to some extent, um, a, a loss uh, when it comes to the connection of people and outdoors if we put technology in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. It's, uh, huh. Because, because I sometimes wonder if, we just don't know what's good for us, you know. <laughs> of course, we don't. Right. So, so should we just succumb to these uh, to the attraction of this technology? I mean, of course, it's of course it's fun to play Pokemon Go, but does that mean that we should do it? Like, it's it's so entertaining to binge watch Netflix, right? But that doesn't mean that we should do it for five hours a day. Probably, probably not. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's all things in moderation, I suppose. Yes. But, yeah, um, you know, that's like, that's like the, your argument's great because it's like, hey, Chicken McNuggets taste good, right. but maybe you shouldn't be eating them. Um, good point. Yeah. Uh, is this the fast food for the brain? It, I guess for some people, yeah, it, it could be. But when I look at when I look at uh, what really matters, um, just getting people outdoors mm-hmm. and into physical activity is, is more important to me than the, the idea that they be purists about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm in favor, first and foremost, of more physical activity. And I think this could lead to that. So, yeah, it's 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 tough, and it's uh, a question of, you know, it, should we should we all consume the outdoors in the absolute most most organic and pure way, or you know, is it is it just better to get people out? Yeah, yeah, I think it's you know, there you can choose to have the experience without technology intervening, or you you know maybe it's what the technology is what is actually getting you out there in the first place. Right, right. And that's great. And, and, and in my world, um, bringing more participants in and getting more people outdoors is paramount mm-hmm. to almost any other, any other question about the healthiness of consumption. You pick your battles, everything in moderation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And as long as you have a choice, like you said. That's yeah. Oh my God. I think yeah. God we still have a choice. We've got it, we we live in a in a beautiful place where we are free to make choices mm-hmm. um, about how we consume everything every day, which is probably why I don't eat chicken McNuggets every day. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Kelly Davis, director of research for Snow Sports Industries of America. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you, Ben. What are your thoughts on augmented reality in the outdoors? Let's discuss it. I'd love to hear what you have to say. 
go over to this episode's page on our website, mtnmeister.com. There's going to be a place to leave your comments at the bottom of the page. Mountain Meister is supported by Steo out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. You heard the founder, Steve Sullivan, say earlier that they are committed to listening to their customers. It shows. Their products have really, really helpful customer reviews on their website. And as you can imagine, most of them are five stars. 20% off with the code MEISTER at checkout, S-T-I-O.com. And finally, another way to support Mountain Meister is with the purchase of a Mountain Meister t-shirt. Steo definitely knows more about designing clothing than I do, but I tried my hardest. And if you appreciate that, I'd love if you would purchase a tee. Until next time, enjoy doing the rest of whatever you do while you listen to the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. I'm your host, Ben Shank. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.